The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com nice that was really cool it was really really nice now i know you don't like being called hot lana but here's the thing it's really fucking hot here i used to think they called it hot lana because it was like a really cool place to visit no not not so much it's because the minute you step off the plane you have to install an air conditioner under your scrotum so it's just too hot a lot to get through security. It's tough. <laughs> How's everybody doing tonight, huh? I'll tell you something. This is a special night. This is our biggest sellout yet. If you're not here live and you're just if you're not here live and you're just listening to the audio at a later date. There are 70,000 people here right now. (laughs) All right, Turner Field, let's hear it. It looks like Live Aid. (laughs) Is this anybody's first Glass Cannon Live? We gotta come to the South more often, I think. <laughs> I should warn you if you are pregnant or nursing, be careful, because this can be a bumpy ride. <laughs> and if you're not pregnant, you might be by the end of the night. Weird stuff happens. Things get weird, Matthew can attest. There's so many random Capitacazas out there, you can't even count them anymore. Just a bunch that of- wasn't the kind of weird I thought it was gonna turn yeah. out to be. Bunch of tiny bearded children running around. We are the Capital Cousins. <laughs> Let me ask you this, and be honest. Is there anyone out here who has no idea who we are or what we do? All right. The staff. The staff responded. The staff. <laughs> staff aside, if by the end of the night you are not in a huge fan of the Glass Cannon Network... You can go fuck yourself. 
That is our, that is our company motto. <laughs> You're either with us or go fuck yourself. Uh, I want to take a moment to introduce you to my close, close friends. But since they couldn't make it, I'm going to introduce you to these guys. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of little guy, Mr. Matthew Cabanacasa. You are overdressed for this Atlanta heat. <laughs> Do you sweat as much as a normal-sized man? I sweat twice as much as a normal-sized man. You know what? That makes sense, because in your tiny little body, your sweat glands are probably closer together. Yeah, that's definitely how it works. Yep, that's it. <laughs> that's right. In that tiny little container you call a body. It's yeah. just all sweat. We're like the same height, and a bunch of these people are about to discover that. That is not true. <laughs> that is not true. I am 5'10 and a half, soaking wet. And you are a small 5'9". Every time I have to order a shirt for just us, I have to order him a men's petite. Which I didn't think was a real size. A little men's petite. I haven't worn a petite in five years, sir. <laughs> You'll always be petite to me. You know who's not petite? Grant Berger, everybody. Don't cheer for him. Grant, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm ready to have some South in my mouth, Troy. I don't know what that means. That could. Where mean are no- my aliens at, baby? Aquemini's in the house. None of the South wants you in their mouth. <laughs> None of the South. Grant, this is a true story. Uh, the other day I was driving with my wife to look at houses, and uh, out of the blue, she just, this is a true story, she said, uh, you know who I really like? You know who's really nice? Uh, Grant. What? Yeah. My wife said, you know who's really nice? Grant. And I said, uh, yeah, yeah, that would be nice. And she said, are you even listening to me? I'm driving. I'm like, yeah, you said, <laughs> that would be nice. you said it'd be nice if we got a potted plant. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, no, that's not, never mind. And we just kept driving. So. <laughs> Good story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a true story. Uh, Grant took uh, Joe and Matthew soul cycling today. Did you have fun soul cycling? I did. They had um, maybe a rough time. I don't know. How do you guys feel about the class? Oh, I'm still very sick. <laughs> <laughs> still very nauseous. As you left the, our Airbnb, it just in your little shorts, the three of you, I felt like a dad who was sending his three like unathletic kids off to a camp where they teach, they force nerds to do sports. <laughs> Like, bye, kids. You pretty much got it. That's definitely what I looked like in that room, too. (laughs) I was definitely the fattest guy in that class (laughs) by a lot. It was was intense. (laughs) You did better than that, like, one person's dad that that tagged along. Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's a good bar. He was about 68 years old. (laughs) I was like, well, I beat that guy. So that's all right. Um, Skid Marr, how are you, old draft dodger? Skid, I didn't see you at all the first day we arrived here. I imagined you were just touring the Coca-Cola factory all day looking for free samples. That's right. That's right. Skid is the only person I know. He doesn't drink coffee in the morning. He drinks 14 bottles of Diet Coke. I always say I drink enough Diet Coke in the morning to kill a small supermodel. (laughs) You never have to worry about having kids because you're probably sterile. Oh, no. That's quite intentional, I assure you. (laughs) Yes. 
kid contraception. Joe O'Brien, give it up for Joe O'Brien. Come on. (laughs) Serious question, Joe. If you had to choose between balding, out of shape, or a small penis, why did you choose all three? (laughs) Just curious. I'm Irish, man. These choices are not given to us. <laughs> We're born this way. You could have chose one of them. You just took all three. <laughs> Joe has been getting uh, back into World of Warcraft recently. And he has spent every second when we're not asking him to do something just running around killing wolves on this stupid game. Uh, it's called <laughs> grinding, Troy. Oh, sorry. On, on the way to the show, we called a lift and then it took a wrong turn or something. And Joe was like, two minutes. Oh, it's seven minutes. And then he just sat down and started playing WoW. <laughs> Got a log. Got a log, bro. He I'm looks gonna... like he's working. To the untrained eye, it looks like he's working. That's the key thing. Yeah. You have to be like, huh, every once in a while, I'll pick up a calculator and just kind of put it back down and then, yeah. I'm going to install a locker in the studio so if I ever see you playing it, I can beat you up and stuff you in it. <laughs> you loser! <laughs> you couldn't beat me up. It's <laughs> oh, That's your uh, challenge! It's too underweight. Fight, 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 fight! Start with a sucker punch. I'd like to start with a sucker way. punch from far away. Uh, no, that'd be a new Patreon goal. We just... <laughs> Joe and I fight to the death. Uh... Or at least until we're too winded to continue. We're both barely injured. In all seriousness, I'm genuinely concerned for your World of Warcraft hobby. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted to bring it up here. I want to tell you all a little story. I'm going to get serious for a moment. Calm down, especially you, madam. I don't know. <laughs> I can't even see anybody. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was going back through some old emails recently, trying to pinpoint the exact time. And the earliest email I could find was from 2012, but I think it was sometime in probably 2011. So we're talking about eight years ago, basically, when Joe started asking me uh, to come play Pathfinder. He said he was, he was getting back into it, and he was starting a new group at his apartment, and he wanted me to be in it. And I was like, Joe, I don't have time for that shit. You know, I, this, I'm too busy being an athlete, yeah, you know, dating a hundred women. Yeah, do you think all the Asian women on OkCupid are going to date themselves? <laughs> Someone has to do that. <laughs> and that's where I step in. I'll get out the binder. Skid. When you, when you started talking about the fighting, all, the only thing I could think was, I regret so many of my life choices. <laughs> and then that happened. Yeah. I'm all about the truth. But finally, this old sap broke me down, and, and I showed up uh, to his apartment, and... Um, I came over and I met Joe's childhood best friend. They just called him Mick D. I met a guy by the name of Skidmar for the first time. And I met the GM, a man by the name of Chris Merwin. We've talked about him on the show before. Uh, That campaign would go on for a couple of unbelievable years, would include more side-splitting laughs and memories. If we could have recorded that. Oh, for years to come. We could never release that to the public. Uh, (laughs) No, no. But it reinvigorated my love of this hobby, which had laid dormant for 20 years and sent us on a trajectory that has landed us right here. In fact, it was Chris leaving New York that made us realize, like, if we're going to keep playing, one of us had to GM. And I was like, I'll do it. And so 
here we are. And that man, Christopher Merwin, is here in the audience tonight. Where are you? Stand up and take a bow, Chris. Yeah. There he is. Tonight, instead of sending us shots, send that man shots. Send him all the shots. All the shots go to him. Look what you've done, Merwin. Look what you've done. All right, now everybody shut up and listen. Shut up. You shut your mouth. We're going to get serious. This is not a laughing matter. We have two rules. There are only two rules when you come to this show. And you hooligans broke the rules last time yet again. We have two rules. Don't send shots to the stage. And don't yell out unless what you're going to say is hilarious. It won't be. Now, I've heard the argument that we could just not drink the shots, but that's not how I was raised. That's just rude. It's embarrassing. Wasteful. So don't send them. There are rules for a reason. If you want to cheat, you'll be no better than Grant. Do you want to be just thought of as a Grant in the crowd? Uh-oh. Bad example. There are a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Grant fans out there. Don't do it. I want to get through the show with Grant keeping his clothes on and Matthew not talking over my cliffhangers. <laughs> so I didn't talk it. over a single cliffhanger. I know you don't remember a single cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> no. Old Soul Cycle McGee over here. Uh, I turned 41 on Wednesday. The point is, tonight is my birthday party. The fun drive is about to be activated. Yes! And this adventure train won't stop until the cops come and drag our corpses off the stage. So I want to kick things off the way we always kick things off, but in a new and exciting way. Take it to the recap, boys! Yeah, that's, uh, you only gave us like an hour before the show to make it. So, like, Joe, but the thing is, Troy, like, if you look like at it when, it, when it rotates, it says pacer backwards. So it's like. <laughs> that would have like been worth, better in Indiana. Yeah, I know, you should have done the Indiana. In but it's, it's like worth two separate. It, it, this that is, is the saddest recap I've ever seen. <laughs> I feel like I'm sitting at my computer in 1997. <laughs> right. It's going to go be to, little toasters floating across the screen. <laughs> what was the music you played for it? That was equally shitty. You want to hear it again? It's so good. Recap. That was just, that was embarrassing. That was so bad. I'm just going to leave it up for the rest of the show. <laughs> just leave it up. <laughs> Does it have to spin the whole time? Yep. I'm getting nauseous looking at it. Please pull it down. Hold on. We can, we can do the, a little bit of the, let me just go, remix. Oh, where my Atlantans at? Grant, I'm having a seizure. That was the intent, Matthew. This is, this is a good start, everybody. Uh, but let's get into the recap mode, okay? We're going to return to Briarstone Asylum. Joe. Recap real music. 
Anybody pregnant yet? <laughs> you better cross your legs. It's happening. Briarstone Asylum has been the setting for our strange adventure. Our heroes have been stumbling through this dilapidated hospital, which is suffering from a number of problems. One, there was a patient uprising led by a patient named Ulver Zandalus. And his followers, known as the Apostles in Orpiment, had a lot to do with the upheaval of Briarstone Asylum. Two, in addition to this, there are some weird fucking creatures terrorizing the hallways as well. And it appears as if they have crept in from the demiplane known as the Dreamlands. Three. If that wasn't bad enough, some kind of tremors shook the foundations of this building, leaving much of it in ruin, crumbled walls, hallways that are impassable. The rat warrens underneath the building have been crushed, leaving countless colorful rattling NPCs homeless. Or perhaps dead. Four! A group of survivors from the asylum, both patients and staff alike, led by a priestess of Phrasma by the name of Winter Klaxa, they're all holed up in the asylum chapel looking for a way out, and they have welcomed the four of you into their weird little log-loving community. One day, may all your logs be smooth. So the four of you have been looking for a way out while at the same time trying to figure out who you are and how the hell you got here in the first place. Last time, after a scuffle with one of these colorful rat characters that thankfully ended in a peace accord, you continued north where you found the administrator's office. Winter spoke of her brief meeting with the administrator, a woman by the name of Eliage Losandro, Dr. Eliage Losandro, right before the shit hit the fan. She had a meeting with her. So you see the room, you cautiously enter her office and find an opulent room where clearly no expense was spared to make the administrator feel comfortable. You also find a person kneeling in a pool of blood, surrounded by yellow fog, their head back like... This colorful sludge just smuttering out of her mouth best friend enters the fog to try and investigate, but instead it seeps directly into him and he falls asleep, only to once again be plagued by these terrifying dreams that all of you have had except for the one night that you rested within the chapel. Mrs. O'Lady attempts to wake best friend. But while James and Sheila go to attack and touch the creature, they experience similar strange dreams and visions. Mrs. O deduces that they're dealing with a creature known as an Onerogen, a physical embodiment of the gateway between planes, perhaps the gateway between this material plane and the dreamlands. Thankfully, you end up defeating it, and after a cursory search of the room, 
you discover that not far from the office is a room of records which may contain information on all of you. Information that you have been desperately seeking since Los Angeles. <laughs> so you leave the rest of the office till later. We'll search this afterwards. Let's go to the records room. You rush to the records room and you find it ransacked. Papers everywhere. Files everywhere. You spend hours searching it in real time. Indie was a very long show. It was a seven and a half hour show. <laughs> But you finally come upon files of each one of you and discover a little bit about yourselves as well as your real names. You are not Mrs. O'Lady, best friend, Sheila, and James. You are instead Cartha Malasord. Raise your hand so they know it's you. You are Aldo Casimir. Halster Price and Atticus Grimm. And that is where we begin our story today. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Instead of starting in that room, I want you to all close your eyes. Take off your pants. <laughs> Just see what happens. You don't have to do that. But if you want to, it's cool. Not you! You hypnotized Grant. Again? Praise, praise. Close your eyes. Shut up. I want you to imagine in your, in your little imagination train that runs circles around your head like a Christmas tree. I want you to imagine the sound of a door creaking open into a dark room. Your mind's eye is now activated. You can see this scene unfold in front of you. It's late in the evening and we can hear the sound on, of rain on cobblestones. As a young rat folk comes from outside and enters this room. We know him now not to be James. Not James Netherford, the author of The Life and Death of Atticus Grimm. We know him now to be Atticus Grimm himself. He wears a long black coat, still wet from the smattering of rain outside, and a gentleman's bowler hat. He closes the door behind him and soundlessly begins removing his hat and coat. As he does so, 
he hears. How was the applause tonight? A harsh, scratchy voice from the darkness, tinted with age. Atticus pauses briefly and then continues removing his coat and hangs it over a warped iron tree nearby. He holds his hat in his hands and looks into the darkness towards the voice. What are you doing up? Now we begin to see the room as these two rat folk do. Shades of gray, some parts highlighted by the ambient light of the evening of the city, but mostly a deep, grainy darkness. The room is a mess, even in black and white. Piles of unidentifiable rubbish collect near the corners of the room, and the smell of rotten food lingers in the air. The aged rat folk is sitting near one of the piles. With a shaky hand, he brings a glass to his lips that's filled with a pungent liquor. He takes a long draw, then more insistent, an uncomfortable intensity in his voice. Was it loud? Was it impassioned? (laughs) I've had a long day and a late show. I'm not doing this with you again. Atticus begins to leave the room. Sleep it off. Word is, Baron Hess left before your final act. Walked out in front of everyone. Though from what I hear, there weren't many left anyway. Seems quite a few of your audience members called it an early night. I told you. It was a late show. People have busy lives. They, they can't don't be staying there all night. You don't have it. You don't have what it takes to keep them in their seats. Pathetic. You know that I am working on it. You know that I am trying. I need more time. You don't get more time. You are out of time. The novelty of being a rat that does tricks has run out. Just any one of these humans stop. Any one of these humans will be hired ahead of you if you can't outperform them. And you think that I don't know that? Of course I know that. Then what are you doing out at parties? Doing parlor tricks with spoons. Spending entire afternoons at luncheons. Hobnobbing with the gentry instead of working on your craft. Because I am invited. Because I... Because the friends that I make there are making connections for me. Friends are a joke to them. You can walk and talk like a human all you want. You can even try and convince yourself that you are human. You can... You can wear that ridiculous hat. He looks you right in the eyes. But you will never be human. You will always be a rat in a hat.
Atticus is silent for a second, then he just turns away. He starts thinking. Turn away. Turn away. We're finished. We're finished. You've failed us. No, there is. I have not failed. There is. There may be another way. Another way to what? To outperform them. A book. In in Hess's library. He showed it to me once. He couldn't stop bragging about the thing. It's rarity. What book? What rare book? The Tapestry of Madness. Just as the title of the book barely escapes Atticus's lips, something happens in the room. A dark wind seems to be drawn out of the room, changing the pressure momentarily. Atticus, sensing the change, turns slowly to his father and finds him lying on the floor in a pool of his own blood. The room itself has changed as well. The rubbish piles have completely vanished, and his father's rickety old chair is gone. And so Atticus's eyes return to the body, and he sees that his father has been stabbed. Next to Atticus stands a shadowy figure, its features sort of obscured by a grainy blackness. But in its hand is a dagger that's slowly dripping fresh blood onto the floor. James looks at him. Excuse me. Atticus looks at him. James? Blackout. And we'll see you in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. You are in this room now. A room where you have found out a little bit about yourselves as well as your true names. The room is a mess. That's why it took you hours to search through these papers to be able to find out who the hell you are. And there's a door that continues out of this room, the door that you came through, and another door to the west. More importantly... You just discovered a lot of information about yourselves. What do you do? Are we the only people mentioned in these files? There are a lot of files. You are not the only people mentioned. Are we the only people that were mentioned directly in conjunction as coming with the... uh, Hazerton Lowes. Hazerton Lowes. Count Hazerton Lowes, which, if you remember, is the whole reason Winter came here in the first place. He disappeared. He's some noble, that, uh, like a government official, and he disappeared, and so Winter was sent here to try and find him, met with the administrator, and she's like, yeah, we'll talk about this later, and then all this shit went down. You find out that the four of you, along with a number of others, were sent here by Lowes. And this is the fourth Hazerton Lowell, whereas the first Hazerton Lowell was part of trying to found this uh, yes. Firestone Isle. So, yes. Wow. Nepotism as well. But Matthew, to your question, no, there are, there are other names, other dossiers on people. Anyone we recognize? There are two that sort of jump out at you. 
Last time I said that there were photos, which even in this fantasy world is impossible. What I meant to say was elaborate drawings of all of you. Sketchings. Sketchings. As it were. Etchings. Needlepoint. <laughs> there's there's needlepoint of needle all of Needlepoint of every single one of you. <laughs> Someone went to great lengths to describe you, but you do notice two files in particular that jump out at you. One is an image of the man that you know as Tiny Murder Clown. And one is an image of the full orc that died pathetically. Oh, man. Like a coward. I love that bastard. I thought he was a half-orc. It was a a really... Come on, man. He's a full orc. He was made like a half-orc. Yeah. But he died like a... Like a full, pathetic orc. He was full orc. He was just half effective. Right. And that's being generous. But you do find files on them. What are their names, Troy? Who are you interested in first? I mean, I'm not really interested in the orc, so let's go with Tiny Murder Clown. Right. Yeah, we can just skip the orc. Uh, you look at Tiny Murder Clown's file. You remove the needle point, And it says... Furble Hoss. Furble. Furble Hoss. And his dossier says, originally from Nizwan, Furble was exiled from his homeland after offending a member of the Council of Three and Nine. Colon. Claims to have the power to steal souls. <laughs> he, he does a lot. He does a lot of that. It's what he does first best? It's what he does first best, is murder. No, murder is first best. Murder is first best. Uh, The orc, which you never gave a name to because he died so quickly into our live shows. That's true. (laughs) So poorly made was he that he died on the first round of combat in the first encounter. Skid, I feel like he needs a a fake name before we find out his real name. Uh, The Green Loser. That is much better than his real name. His real name was Burl, which is orc for loser. (laughs) The dossier says he was an initiate in a radical but frighteningly well-organized martial unit within the Gutspear tribe known as the Last Sin. Well, he's dead now. Yeah, it doesn't really matter about him. He, you could just burn that file as he is dead. Um, is there any indication that, say, Tiny Murder Clown was sent on the same mission as we were? It's unclear. The only thing that's clear is that all of you are linked. And there are other names as well. But they're no one you recognize. Are we, like, when, we, when you say that we're linked, is it, do we have like a range of dates that are that are the same, or, or what, what is the link? No, it's just, there, there's actually no record of why you got here, like, why you came here, and when you came here. It's actually pretty sparse with the information. The only thing is, like, in a file that mentions, like, Lowell's 
Guys. Guys? And gals. He was writing a musical. <laughs> is there, I mean, what is the extent of the dossier information? Is there treatment information? Is there no. any further... The closest thing you had to treatment information that mentioned that Halster Price suffers from seizures, but the rest of you didn't mention any particular malady, I don't believe. It said that Aldo Casimir was the uh, court alchemist of uh, some duke. It said that Halster was a uh, blacksmith's apprentice. Uh, it said that uh, you, uh, Atticus Grimm, were a traveling magician performing mainly in Ustalov. And it said that Kartha Malasord worked at Nameless Books as a cashier, and it was possibly a front for criminal activity. That's Hal- all it says. Halster picks up Aldo's file and says, You were the court alchemist of Belleric, Duke of Westworld? So it seems. But why would you uh, uh, flee such a such a high position for a place like this? I don't know. It seems like I must have had a lot of job security and seems like a really good job. I don't know why I would have left. But honestly, your name, as it appears here, is Halster Price. Yes, it seems oddly alien but familiar. I don't know. It makes me sad somehow. Why's that? Because I've just always thought of you as best friend, and I don't know. Like it's, I feel as if I'm losing a best friend. Well, don't think it of it's so much as losing a best friend, but gaining a daughter. <laughs> and also, I could still be your best friend, even if my name is Halster. Yes, I suppose that is theoretically possible, yes. And you, Mrs. O'Lady, it says you were a cashier for Nameless Books in Thrushmore, which was a possible front of criminal activity. I can't imagine someone as gentle and kind and wise and inquisitive as you could be someone who could be involved in such despicable activity. I have no memory of this. And thus, it feels like a different person entirely. Yes. Keep saying that on the stand as well. <laughs> Under testimony. <laughs> exactly that. I can neither confirm... I, can not, I have no recollection. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. No, I can see it. For the record, I, I can totally imagine you filling that role. Why is that? I don't know. You strike me as sort of the criminal type in a strange way. Is it my... Vast intellect? Yes. Is that all? Well, uh, no, there's more. But we are in the middle of an adventure. (laughs) I don't know. It seems to me that until I know it is me, I shall continue going by Mrs. O'Lady. All right, Mrs. O'Lady. I like the sound of that. We must act... As if we are good, as I have said in the past, until we know that we are not. But James, it says you're from Ustalov, an illusionist, an entertainer. We're in Ustalov, we know that much. Do you have any memory of this place or anything? Does this awaken any memories in you? I think, I think Atticus has this, this memory that we just saw, uh, at least vaguely. And he says, yes, 
seeing this file, it, it brings back something. It's ra- rather vague and makes, at some points, no sense. It's a like a dream, but it, it is right. I can no longer pretend that I am James. I know I am Atticus. James was someone else. Someone else entirely, and I knew him. But I don't know how. And Ustalab I have no memory of. I don't know why. It's, it's so close. Thrushmore as well, Mrs. O'Lady. It is so close to here, is it not? Might explain why you were here. I have no recollection. Yes, exactly. She holds up well under pressure. <laughs> Wait, but Briarstone Isle, if I remember correctly, when we did our research in the library, was originally intended to be a fort to protect the city of Thrushmore. So perhaps everything's connected in a way. Anyway, until we find a primary source of information, like the book with your picture, I should not say picture, I should say uh, uh, elaborate needlepoint. Needle yes, yes, of course. Um, even though the pages were ripped out, we have some corroborating evidence to indicate that your name is Atticus. So, Mrs. O'Lady, I agree with your jester to continue going by Mrs. O'Lady. Well, that is who I am now. Yes, of course. Sheila, if you wish... I'm sorry, Sheila... Uh, uh, your, your real name uh, is the, the, the former... Oh, shit, let me get to my notes. Aldo? Aldo. Aldo Casimir. If you wish to be called Aldo, I will call you Aldo, but if you wish to refer to me as best friend, you may... I'm a bit confused as to where the name Sheila came from, but Aldo Casimir. I like that. Sounds right. It has a nice ring to it. Plus, it's traditionally a, a male name, <laughs> as opposed to the other one. So, yes, but I, what of this formula book? Yeah, Whose was it? I don't know. But I will, I think I will stick with Aldo Casimir. I like that, yeah. All right, Aldo. I'll, I'll join you in, in, in a, a sense of camaraderie, and I'll, I'll go by Halster for now. So, Mrs. O'Lady. And what about you, Halster? What does it say in your file exactly? It says that I was a blacksmith. Apprenticed, abducted by a raiding force of Phorasma worshipping zealots. I was forced to become a blacksmith's apprentice, and I suffer from intermediate seizures. I hate when that happens. Yes. I've yet to have one in battle as of yet, but if I do, please place the belt I took off earlier in the show into my teeth so that I may grip upon it tightly. And don't take my pants off. Please, permanently kill me on the spot. <laughs> Should I experience a seizure? James doesn't... S- uh, this is going to happen a lot. Uh, Atticus doesn't say this, but he thinks when it says that you were kidnapped by these f- uh, fanatical, whatever, Phorasma worshippers, it starts to, like, make sense, connect, because he's always been baffled by your cowardice, your extreme cowardice. He doesn't understand why you're so freaked out all the time. But that is a nice little piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Because it's like, if he was, like, broken uh, by a religious cult, like, it could explain you losing your ability to control yourself. And I think Halster is also, like, thinking about Atticus slash James's story and journey and realizing that the reason he's so ineffective in battle is because he's an illusionist. Just a magician with no real skills or talent. <laughs> Silent image! Ex- Extremely difficult to argue against. <laughs> you really uh, backed me into a corner here. <laughs> you're chatting, you're chatting, you're chatting, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. How do you move forward now that you no longer go by these fake names, with the exception of Mrs. O'Lady? 
but you know now who you are unless these documents are forged but you have no reason to believe they are how what was Lowell's doing with you why were you brought here you don't know and you can spend hours trying to figure it out even though this room is ransacked and you have no idea we cannot continue to pretend that we're not still in an extremely dangerous area. We could be attacked at any moment, so gather these up, and should we return to Winter, give her this information. This is quite a breakthrough to know who we are and how we came to be here. Perhaps we should finish exploring this area, just to make sure we include all of the information. Let me check my hit points, and then I'll get back to you. <laughs> yes, that's fine. We may continue exploring. Uh, obviously the door leading back to the dark hallway, and then the door right meow, to the west. Um, right, Atticus will open that door. Heedlessly. Heedlessly. It, recklessly. It explodes with a flame strike trap. And that would suck. And another one of your shitty characters is dead. It's a tiny room. You see a tiny little room. And in said room is stuff. <laughs> I find my notes. Uh, yeah, all right, so you open up that little side room there, and you see a small, what is it, 10 feet by 10 feet room? Just empty? Uh, it is empty. Um, you see that... Let me make sure I get this right. Like, the walls of this room are covered by uh, filing cabinets except for one space where on the back wall where like a battered old painting of a somber towering structure hangs. And James, you open the door first and there is something about this tower that looks so intensely familiar to you. Wow. And if anyone else to see it, you wouldn't have that feeling, but you're like, why do I know this tower? Huh. Uh, is there any check I can roll? Or is uh, it just the feeling? Yeah, roll knowledge towers. No. <laughs> it says right here I can roll a knowledge skill I'm not trained in. All right. Roll knowledge towers. <laughs> <laughs> Got to roll it. To, ooh. 19. You don't know. You don't know because it Good wasn't start. a real roll or a real check. Uh, there are cabinets in this room uh, similar to the room you were just in. If that was the records room, maybe this is like the special records room. Are there any files in those cabinets? Sure are, good buddy. Any records, you might say. Yeah, so if you start looking through, you, you all get in the room there and start yeah, looking yeah, through. Yeah, we'll look through. Um, take 20. You, you take 20. You see uh, that the, the records in this room t- tend to be of a more disturbing and sometimes supernatural nature than what you were reading about in the previous room. Unexplained events, brutal dramas. They were separating the physical and mental maladies from the unexplained. If you take 20 in this room, you also notice that there's a stain right above the painting that looks like another painting used to be there. Oh, creepy. Can I do... Aldo goes up and I starts tapping on it says just see if there's anything secreted behind the wall. You tap on it and you feel something behind, like, the base of the tower yeah. on the wall behind the painting. Uh, I tear it 
with my rip the pants. Yes. No, my tower. No, my beautiful tower. You rip the painting down heedlessly, and you find a small brass latch on the wall. That is what you felt as you rubbed your hand over the tower. I pull it or push it. You pull it, and it reveals a hollow inside the wall. Ooh. And it looks like there were very particular case studies in here that perhaps the administrator or whoever else was in charge of these records was keeping them here for safety. Again, if you're spending time in this room just looking, you start to find the records on Alver Zandalus. Oh, nice. Do you remember way back when you first met the Cult of the Log? There was... There was a room, and you were like, anything on Zandalus? And it looked like the pages were torn out? Yeah. Here are the pages. <gasps> oh, wow. Nice. Oh. And this we'll see you in Los down. Angeles. No, we... <laughs> this dude's going down. The records on Oliver Zandalus stretch back decades to his initial committal as one of... Oh, God. Hey, Chris, we have your shots up here. I don't... I don't know what happened. Her excuse was Southern hospitality. (laughs) She got us on a technicality. You sit there and think about what you've done. I gotta finish this story. Oh, and there's cocktails over there. (laughs) Those aren't shots. That was also, that was Kevin, our agent, that delivered half of them. That was Kevin. Round of applause for Kevin, everybody. Hey, Kevin. So you see that Zandalus was one of Losandro's first patients here, decades ago. You don't know how old he is yet, but you know that when she started here, he was one of her first and most interesting patients. And you also find a fucking handout! Whoa! Handouts! Who do you want to read the handout? Skid. What I'm hearing is the guy dressed at Santa Claus at the bar. <laughs> hey, Santa, how are you? Uh, no, we'll give it to Skid. Uh, what voice, in what voice should he read this? Uh, they want you to cross universes. All right. Just read it as Skid. It's your best voice. Okay. Patient record, Oliver Zandalus, male of Eurasian descent, approximate age 47. Home suspected to be Rosenport, Versex County, committed to Serenith 4685. Circumstances transferred from Frasman Lamentations in Rosenport. Attending Dr. Elias Losandro. Zandalus exhibits complete withdrawal from society and an inability to care for himself in any but the most basic modes. The symptoms of his passive antisociality chronically present as mutism and blankness. Frequent night terrors result in brief but dramatic nocturnal outbursts, shouting, shaking fear responses. Zandalus grasps the difference between sleep and wakefulness and typically recovers from nightmares quickly. Treatment. Therapy 
Antipsychotic Regimen Observation. Development 2-4687. Zandalus proves to be a gifted and prolific artist. He has enthusiastically taken using a charcoal drawing set to create dramatic but fanciful works of art, typically of surreal architecture and skyscapes. Art calms him in the wake of Nightmare. He will be afforded basic supplies to continue such art therapy. Development 114702. A shift has occurred in Zendalus's art. He has repeatedly, almost perfectly illustrated one of the ancient standing stones situated in the northwestern corner of the asylum grounds. As the Isle's shores are off limits to patients, I do not believe he has ever seen the subject of his work. Significance of a coincidence of this Brooks further study. Development 34715. Count Hazerton Lowells has taken up an interest in Zandalus. First as art and now the artist. Lowells has become a repeat visitor, spending hours with my patient, but refuses to explain his interest. So you find out. Oliver Zandalus, at least at the time of this record, was 47 years old, transferred here from Ferasmin Lamentations in Rosenport. Rosenport. Rosenpet. Withdrawn from society, mute, high anxiety, blankness. Just a patient when he was committed would just sit there. But then he started to draw. Draw cityscapes, fanciful works of art. And as uh, Aldo is reading this, you remember now, and I didn't mention this in the indie show, you found some charcoal drawings in Administrator Losandro's room. Ah. Charcoal drawings you may want to look back at. But then there was a shift in his art. It was no longer just these fanciful drawings, but all of a sudden he started drawing things that he would have no way of knowing they existed like something way off in the grounds near the asylum that patients weren't allowed to go to at the same time Count Hazerton Lowell's the one that brought you here took an interest in Alvarez Andalus first in his art and then in him that is what you know we also know words fail, and he was a, he was mute. Oh and yeah, and he sees. Yeah, Zandalus sees. Yeah, that might be a bottle cap. I think so. Wow, I think so. Problem is, I don't have any. I don't. Yeah, I have one. I don't carry them. Capacaza, you son of a gun! It's a it's a it's a Topo Chico bottle cap. Oh yeah! You can wear it as a hat, tiny fella. In it's addition, way too big for your head. In addition to Lissandro's notes on Zandalus, you also find several particularly valuable, or possibly even dangerous items in this secret alcove. Whoa. Go on. You open up a lockbox. You find 40 gold pieces. Six pearls worth 15 gold each. You find a calling card 
for the services of the Thrushmore offices of the Sleepless Detective Agency. Oh. And on the back of the card is like, very prominently, an accusatory eye, like... Just the eye. Mrs. O'Lady, aren't you from Thrushmore, according to this dossier? Apparently I am. Maybe I was a detective. Maybe you were under investigation. Could be. That's also a possibility. So that was a card for the Sleepless Detective Agency? Sleepless Detective Agency. So that seems connected to the Tatterman that we learned about the previous episode who attacks us in our sleep. Maybe. So perhaps if we can get into contact with one of these people, we can get to the bottom of that. You know, uh, what was it? Rat Mambi? Was that the name? Ratch Mambi? Ratch Mambi. Yeah, he told us that like people have tried to go at him before, but without this information we could maybe get from these people, we could do it. It's certainly important to hold on to that business card. Oh, wait, there's one more thing in this alcove. What is it? There's a sword in a crimson scabbard. The pommel is sketched or sculpted in the shape of a cardinal, and it's etched in, in an etched gold band around it bears the name Red Destiny. Whoa. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish I wasn't a wizard. Is I'll it? tell you right now, it's radiating magic. Oh. I'll spellcraft it. Do it. I'll spellcraft it first. 18. 18. Roll again. Fuck. Natural one. Ah! Wait, what'd oh, you do? I, 18. I, 18. Uh, it is a plus two! Short sword. Oh, that is amazing. Who wants it? I think it's Aldo's. I can't... Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean... Who can wield it? Just Aldo? Just... Oh, you can wield it? Yeah. Just Grant. Just Grant. You got a new sword, buddy. Yeah! Ah! The rich get richer. Red Destiny. That's there we awesome. Go. That's, That's really great. cool. That's what Putin's working for right now. Red Destiny. I mean... You've been through the records room now. You spent hours there. You spent a bunch of time going in here. You feel like you have sapped this room of all of its information. So I'm assuming you want to go back into this hallway and then back into the administrator's office? The painting that is on the wall. Yeah. Does it appear to be... What it, do we think it is the work of Zandalus? You don't get that sense. It just looks like it wasn't always there. There's a really? stain on the wall like there used to be another painting. Uh, okay. I thought he said he, he painted structures. It's not him, huh? No. We wouldn't think it's him. All right. He didn't sign it. Ah, I see. Uh, yeah. It also might be strange for a patient's art to be hung. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought he took over and then hung his stuff. Right. I redecorated. And then <laughs> pieced out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, that is often an escapee's first priority. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Start hanging up their own artwork. The painting well, was a like, gift, he, Todd. I'm taking it with me. He's like, <laughs> he would have been like 79 years old, like thereabouts, uh, like now. Like now, he'd be 79 years old. Is that right? No, no. As far as you know, he'd be 47. And but he was when he was admitted, he was 47, right? Oh no, that's that's his, that was that's his, like a more recent. Oh, okay, they've right, updated right. the file. Yeah. I thought that was when he. Okay. So you think he's in at least in his late 40s? Okay. Can I see uh, the can I see the handouts? Here? This is going to be a project, Matthew, to get this hand out to you. <laughs> Ugh, I'm exhausted. Guess that CrossFit's really working. That's just rude. That's what that is. 
guy soul cycles one day, he thinks he's the Hulk. Uh, <laughs> I, my arms feel shredded from those purple five-pound dumbbells I was curling today. I know. Those dumbbells those were, were gray, pounds. and you know it. I just want to see Joe struggling with hot pink kettlebells. <laughs> These five-pounders? Uh, you go back into that hallway, which, by the way, is dark. Like, if you have dark vision, you're fine. And the only thing you see in there are, like, crushed lanterns on the floor. Like, someone decided, we're going to keep this dark. Who has dark vision, by the way, here? Atticus. Just the Grim Master? Uh, Grim Master, yeah. One, two, three, four, five doors in that hallway that have been unexplored. But let's go back to Losandro's office, right? Because we glossed over it at the end yeah, of yeah. last session. Yeah. All right. So you go back there. And you start looking around, you're looking around, looking around, trying to dig through all this stuff that you found. And you discover a lot of stuff. You Now you go back to these, these charcoal drawings, these charcoal etchings. They're images sketched with coal upon torn parchment and actually framed, but not hung. They depict eerie vistas of an endless empty city under a sky of whirling mist. And in the corner of each, a delicate copper plate records a year from 4708 to 4715, so recently, and the name Alvers Andalus. And as each of you study them, they feel eerily familiar and quite similar to the city from the shared nightmare you experienced before you woke from the dungeon. Yeah, so the tatter man is getting into this dude's head. Speaking through him with his artwork and all this Oh, that's kind of what stuff. you think. That's what I think, yeah. Okay. And I mean, it might be willing, like he might have made a deal with the tatter man, but either way, like I think he's... It's just laying, the art they're... calms him down. Yeah, okay. So I think he's hearing this voice in his head, and the only way he can calm it is by putting it on these canvases. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the desks are full of mundane writing supplies, extensive but if you start going through them relatively uninteresting documents you find a set of keys on the body of Eliash Lissandro a ring of keys, you're like, oh this might come in handy when we come to some locked shit you also find Eliash's journal oh, a concise record of her daily duties and observations again mostly mundane, notes about staff meetings Interviews with the families of would-be patients, her sort of feelings on how those interviews went. But in entries written in the, during the last year, you see over and over again the name Hazerton Lowells and Count Lowells appearing with increasing regularity. And the final entry really jumps out at you. And because we're in Atlanta... It's going to be another handout. Oh, what? Let's see the handout graphic, Grant. Uh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> A two handout Grant. sesh? We are one of the top 25 Patreons in the world. Grant. And that is the graphic. That is highly inappropriate. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have left it. You just need to add the comma. 
Are you apologizing for the graphic or are you apologizing for what you said to me? <laughs> we get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We are the worst. We are the worst at everything we do. There is a, a journal here, and uh, there are four days recorded. Matthew, you're going to do Oath Day. Okay. Joe, you're going to do Star Day. Grant, you do Moon Day. Skid, you do Toil Day. We're reading Oath. handouts. <laughs> Make it good. Are you ready? Why don't you stand up and do it? All right. Wow. Troy, why don't you stand up as well so we can settle the whole height issue? <laughs> shoulders back, shoulders back. Take a sip of any of the five cocktails if you need. He's thinking about it. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. Hostay. This is what it's like when you write a play and then they're like, I guess we got to bring him out and you come out. <laughs> I, I try to hide when that happens. <laughs> well, Oath day. Are you, are you ready? <laughs> no, go. Another unexpected call from Count Lowell's. These have become, become so common and Lowell's focus is so singular that they no longer leave me apprehensive. They're, yeah. The request... He requested to see me after his visit with Zandalus, though. He claims to have a theoretical solution for the poor man's condition. I don't know what the Count and my prized patient have been discussing, and Laos again refused to share, but I doubt the la- that lordly amateur psychologist has truly hit upon anything of worth. Regardless, I'd be a fool not to humor my liege. Ooh. Good job, Matthew. Good job. Keep that there. Joe, you go to that Joe O'Brien, everybody. Uh, an Irishman in a cocktail. It's like magnets. <laughs> that was real strong. <laughs> that was real strong. Star Day. Star Day. Lowell's solution was not at all what I expected. I have no clue where he turned up, but on his most recent visit, he brought along a copy of Valhadis' The Chain of Knights, a near-legendary collection of psycho-arcane studies and treatments focused on dreaming. While I abhor arcane tampering, if there is a permanent solution to Zandalus's nightmares, it could be here. Lulls allowed me to study the text for the duration of his visit, but staunchly refused to leave it in my possession. Ooh. A way to stop the dreams. Grant, you're up. Grant Berger. <laughs> Try and keep your clothes on, Berger. <laughs> Speech! Speech! <laughs> Speech. Oh my god, that's poison. That's poison. All right, uh, Moon Day. Laos has made me an offer. His copy of the Chain of Knights, all I must do in return is accept a handful of new patients. Slow down. I can yeah, literally no. can't hear a word you're Take saying. Take that back. Yours is very important. All right. Talk to them. They don't care. Laos has made me an offer. 
his copy of the Chain of Knights. All I must do in return is accept a handful of new patients, former associates of his that might have suffered some unprecedented manner of group amnesia. Ta-ta-ta. Oh, come on, man. That's that's us. There's definitely more. <laughs> I might accept this as charity on the Count's behalf, but he insists that I keep no record of their committal. The terms make me suspicious, but I can learn more of these curious strangers once they're in my care. If it means the possibility of a cure for Zandalus and others, I welcome the bargain. Wow. That is, that's a big... That was huge. Skidmar, finish us off. That is... Read about Star Day working in the night. It's so terrifying. It's excellent. Thank you. <laughs> You've read right, your uh, toast. I'm going to do this in my uh, Alec Guinness. I love your Alec Guinness. <laughs> the chain of nights is a marvel. It'll take years to, study to unravel all the possibilities, but I already have discovered a process by which chronic dreams might be drawn forth and dispossessed of like. So much psychic gristle. Tomorrow our appointment begins. Experiment. Sorry. Sir Alec Guinness was known for saying words wrong. A two handout sash. Two handout sash. That's amazing. And like juicy handouts too. Don't make me get a third. No. I'll There's no it. way you have a third. Um, I have a question from handout one. Uh, Matthew, you have the floor. So the thing he was, he's been, Xandalus has been drawing almost perfectly is one of the ancient standing stones situated at the northwestern corner of the asylum grounds. Yeah. Do we know anything about those standing stones? No, because the, the second you tried to go outside, you were fought by those weird tumorous piles, so you weren't able to, like, dig around to even see something like that. But what you do know is that if you were in the asylum, you had no way of getting out there or even knowing that those things existed. So he had some sort of supernatural ability to see things that he shouldn't know about. No, my question has to do with when we, the, the Briarstone Witch and that, that era. Is there any, rep, you know, any record of, what are you trying to say to me? <laughs> We're Can deciding we find who's talk. the drawing that he made to see the stone? Yes, and I want to know if it has any connection to the Briarstone Witch or anything from that era from the Oh, war. is it the Briarstone? Is that what it is? Yeah. Is that why they call this Briarstone Isle? Ten bottle caps. You look through... You look through the frames and you see one thing that looks like all I can think of is like a drawing of Plymouth Rock. Oh, that's the shittiest rock. It's a terrible rock. Right. I was just there like three weeks ago. Right, <laughs> Samantha? We were just there. It's terrible. It looks like a rock right on the edge of the shore. You see the water in the background. It's nothing you recognize. Maybe it was the first stone that was built for the fort. Maybe it was the first stone that was built when the original asylum was built. You have no idea of knowing, but you do know that there's no way he would have known that. And that's what the administrator realized. And no markings on that stone, correct? No markings. Okay. I wonder if there's something there, though, that bears investigating. 
some reason to go outside, a direction to follow, should we be able to defeat the beasts that haunt the perimeter of the building. Perhaps all of the fog that surrounded the outside exists from people like the one we slayed in this room. And if we can defeat them, we could go out there safely. So I suggest we keep going. Yes. Um... I want to keep looking through this room here. Obviously, you spent a lot of time in here. You find lots of weird stuff that might be worth some money. You find these bookends of twins, one's screaming and one's crying. Oh. A brass sculpture of an Osirian pyramid. Whoa. That's and cool. then a bunch of books that you know, not unlike those things you just found, could be worth money. Money. One is called On the Treatment of Ambitions, Disappointments, and Regrets. One is called On Violent Sands. One is called Galdus's Guest, Feast of the Nosferatu. They're all pretty heavy and you know they'd be worth money, but more importantly, you find a lockbox. You stick in the key, one of the keys that you found on Losandro's person, and you open it up. And you find the most treasure you found this entire adventure. What? Yeah! <laughs> it's Al Gore's lockbox. It is so much treasure. And I mean, there is shit in here I have never even heard about. But full disclosure, I told them about this treasure before the session so they could figure out who would get what. And they forgot to roll for it in the cab on the way here. So now I'm going to tell you about it. Not unlike the recap graphic, they failed. You find a magnifying glass. Where's the treasure graphic? You find a magnifying glass, not magical. You find two vials of alchemist's kindness. What does alchemist's kindness do, Skid? Uh, alchemist's kindness, basically, it's, uh, it's like salts that you pour into regular water. And uh, it's, uh, it cures a hangover. So those are more for us than the characters. Come on, Grant. Nice job, buddy. (laughs) So you find something that can help you cure a hangover, more of a meta treasure um, than something that would help the characters. Yeah, this is something that we could use way more than our characters could. Uh, You find a a vial of smelling salts. I assume that's something that probably can wake up an unconscious character. Uh, Two vials of soothe syrup. That's something we've dealt with on uh, the glass cannon. I think we we actually have soothe syrup that we haven't used in glass cannon. I think we still have some. You still have some? I believe so. I I love that because we found some really early on. I don't think we used it. Yeah, whatever character had it is dead. Yeah. Most certainly. Probably, yeah. If you had given it to... Joe. If you had given it to Omast from, it would have made him not drunk. We did exactly that. We did do that. Win in room. You know what? Speaking of really early glass cannon, there's a special, another special person here tonight. Uh, this is this person lent her name to one of uh, Galabras's summoned creatures. I think she's here tonight. Emmy, are you here? You have something? Oh, look at Emmy dancing! Look at her right there. She's coming up. 
Something's happening. Emmy, 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 Emmy. This is just one big party. And she, she of course provided the name for Gary the Celestial Dolphin. No, I think it was actually Emmy. I think it was actually Emmy the Celestial Dolphin. Four doses of antitoxin. Two doses of opium. Also for the cast, not the characters. <laughs> Dibs for the green room. We're going to do some opium later. Uh, two scrolls. No, excuse me. One scroll of Fox's cunning. Probably gives you a little dex bone. A nope. Not, little not... dex boner is what I was going to say. Nope. Not uh, quite. Shut up. Two scrolls of removed paralysis. Huge. A candle of spirit protection. Matthew, what does that do? Basically, if you light it in a, in a, within a 10-foot radius of it for an hour, anything of a ghostly nature cannot come into that area. I actually bought one from Gwyneth Paltrow's website. <laughs> Goop. It's really good. Who names their daughter Apple? Dummy. You find a small tin filled with incense of open thoughts. What the fuck is that? Salvia. It's it's really cool. It's like you light it and in a like a 40 square foot area, anyone in that area has telepathy with anyone else in that area. Whoa. That's really cool. They have open thoughts. You find, oh man, on a silver chain, a greater talisman, greater talisman of beneficial winds. What does that do, O'Brien? <laughs> that once per day, if you fall five feet, it immediately oh, triggers more and than gives five you feet. More, more than, than five feet. feet. It immediately triggers and gives you feather fall. Once a day. Woo! And we, when it, we were joking when we heard it. We were like, how much would it suck to fall 10 feet and then a little later that day fall 80 feet? <laughs> we're like, God damn it! Use my talisman on the stupidest fall. <laughs> that would only happen if you took the talisman. Yeah. No, we were, ta- we were talking about these, this talisman, and Joe immediately went to that thought. Yeah, that was... All of a sudden, like, that's pretty cool. It's like it's, it triggers automatically, and Joe's like, yeah, but what if it triggers when you don't want it to, and then you get screwed later on? And I was like... Says a lot about a person. Says a lot about yeah, Joe. Yeah. Negative Nelly over here. You also find a braided leather cord with two talismans on it, but they're lesser talismans. One use talisman, and they just disappear. One is a talisman of healing power. One is a talisman of warrior's courage. Talk to me about healing power. Uh, so basically, same thing. It automatically triggers when you lose, you have when you're reduced to fewer than half your maximum hit points, and it automatically heals you 48 plus seven HP. Woo! That's something I think I would just keep in my pocket. Yeah, you should hold this when I'm a higher level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about Warrior's Courage? Garbage? <laughs> uh, basically, the, the, if you would gain the Frightened or Panicked condition, you gain the Shaken condition instead. It's a good place to have that on your person. But it should also be mentioned that those are not once a day. They're once ever. Ever. I one, said it. One and a half. Oh, I, mentioned okay. it. I mentioned it. Unhappy breaks. Ursula over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you find. You guys have been searching this room. I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff in here, but you feel like you have covered what's going on in here. 
What do you want to do now? Are you a little beat up? Do you want to keep adventuring? Do you want to rest? Do you want to go back to winter? Keep adventuring. Keep do you want to let them yeah. decide? Oh, I'm hearing rest with winter. That's what I keep hearing from the I audience. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Keep to- adventuring? Well, we got to figure out who gets these talismans because we haven't decided that. All right, who wants beneficial wins? Beneficial wins. I want it. I think everyone wants all. I all think right, everyone wants Let's do a, a roll off that Grant will inevitably win. He already got a plus two sword. Take a Well, you know, the rich get richer. But I will allow on one item for James, I mean Atticus. How dare you? I'm sorry. To roll a DC 17 intimidate check to keep me from rolling on it. One item. Whoa. Is this the item you want to do it on? What? You want, <laughs> you want me to roll an intimidate Are check Are you GMing you? a little side quest with Joe? <laughs> yep. Can't you just roll off? Just the inmates are taking over the asylum. Can't you just do what you were supposed to do? All right, let's, uh, let's roll off. All right, let's roll. Here we go. For the lesser talismans. No, this is for the beneficial wins. No, oh, come on. <laughs> we already said that. You can't change Six. What'd you get, Skid? No comment. I didn't roll. I was just excited that Joe won. What'd Five. You Five? <gasps> Five. What'd you get? He got six. a four. Oh, you got a six, right? Oh, What'd you, you get? Five. Oh. So you win. Oh, he got a no, six. I got a six. Matthew wins. All Troy, right. I don't know if he has six is higher than five. Yeah, right. This is why I want to do this in the Uber. <laughs> Who wants the lesser It's not called Math Finder, ladies and gentlemen. There's a All reason. Right. Roll off for the chain with the two talents. All right. How two lessers. Up? Come on. Twelve. Six. Three. Oh, no, I didn't roll. You don't want it? I don't want it. All right, I'll take it. You get it. All right. And I will pocket it, not wear it. Well, let me reveal that little secret room you found. Da, that's, da, da, da. that's great, because now when your character dies, we can just use it afterwards. Da, na, na, na. Exactly. All right, that's the idea. Oh, wait, I have a question about these rooms so far. All right. Have we discovered... A tome called The Chain of Knights. You have not. Okay. You have not. But it sounds like something that uh, when Losandra found out about it, she was really into, but he was very protective, he being Count Hazerton Lowell's, and then finally he made a deal. I'll give you The Chain of Knights. But what does she get in return? Or what does he get in return? To bring us, or to bring his associates that have right, had Right, you just have dreams. to take my associates. And not guys. keep a record of that. Right. So shady. Very shadony. All right. What do you want to do? All right. Really light this up for Atlanta. House stars. You are now wielding a blade of incredible power. You must feel the courage surging through you. Open every door. I will open every door and I will climb every mountain. Uh, so uh, House will walk up to the door to the northeast and open it. Okay. Heedlessly. You open it heedlessly? Heedlessly. Okay. Heedlessly. Let's go. Boosh. Couple of things are going to happen. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> By the way, I That's should say that I rolled a fervor on myself beforehand, so I'm healed to 100%. Shit, dude. Let me tell you what happens in this room. This is great. I thought it was just going to be desks. 
cabinets. No. Is that what you're saying? A couple cabinets are going to yeah, happen? No, this is way better. <laughs> As you open the door, you see two men. Oh, shit. In yellow stained robes. Oh, ornament! One looks to be just like looking through papers on the shelves of this room. The other one has his back to you and is just saying, This is the letter B. B is for boy. Have you been a good boy? Oh, no. Or a bad boy? Oh, no. He was going to teach Jenny Two Tales to read. And now it's too late. (laughs) And you see that he's just talking to a pair of mismatched dolls on the floor. Oh, God. You open the door heedlessly, as you said, and they turn to you with crowbars in hand. Oh, shit! Roll for initiative! Oh, my God! Oh, man! Come on, Skid. There we go. Oh, baby! We're in Hotlanta, and it's time for an encounter! Cartha Malasord. That's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. Mrs. O'Lady. 16. 16 for O'Lady. Halster Price. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I rolled a five. <laughs> Grant is for real. Atticus Grip. 17. 17? Yeah, baby. Yeah. That's what you want, that really high roll on initiative. Yes. Aldo Casimir. 13, mate. 13 for Aldo Casimir. Guess what my guys got? Higher. Higher than all of you. Yep. So they'll act first. This first dude just... Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. What? I don't think our actions in this combat are going to be appropriate if we don't start it off with a shot. I think we've got to start the combat with a shot. You're just encouraging them, O'Brien. Shot of tequila. Oh, it's tequila. I'm pretty sure that was bleach. All right, take your stupid action. All right, so the Rune Lord comes up to Lork. The Rune Lord. And he says, I'm level 17 and you're level 2. What are we doing? Uh, All right. This guy right here, Mr. Talks to Dolls. Mr. Toxidals. So I don't like the cut of your jib. And I know jibs. He runs up, swings his crowbar at uh, a flat-footed Halster Price. Why is that important? Sneak attack damage. Oh, no. Are you a scared? Yes. I'm going to roll my new uh, glass cannon GCPD. Oh, no. That is a killer. We should sell these things. You know that? Yeah. yeah. Wait, what's that? We do sell them at the gift shop? That's crazy. Thank you, Carrie. Natural two. Yeah! 
job. Endorsement for any Troy. of my products. Troy, that would be like if my shirt just started ripping. Okay. Troy, oh. speaking of your shirt, you know what else we sell back there, and you know what I feel about your role? It's satisfactory. satisfactory. It's on the shirt. I love this shirt. He swings at you and misses. The other guy uh, doesn't do anything. He delays his action and now goes to Atticus Grimm. Atticus, you hear like a whiff of a crowbar swing by. Swing uh, and miss. House to price. What do you do? Um, uh, I am going to, Jesus, a tight hallway. I'm going to delay my action. You literally just delayed your action. Uh, <laughs> I am going to delay my action. <laughs> we got our new t-shirt for our Philly show. The picture of this guy eating a cheesesteak that says delay. All right. Thrilling, Joe. Uh, Mrs. Oh, lady. You'll be frightened of my illusions one day. Just you wait. You shut your mouth. Uh, Roll will save, my friend. Ooh. Oh, dear. I'm no friend of yours. We'll save. Nine. Fail. Yes. Take nine points of damage for my mind thrust. Oh, hot damn. Shit on a Ritz cracker. That is a lot. Um, and then Mrs. Lady will take a five foot step back in hopes that, that we can use some of this area to, you know, do stuff. By the way, did you roll that nine on your GCP die? No. Well, if you... That thing only rolls one, three a year, and then it's all 20s. You should, you should buy them for your GMs. <laughs> Good point. Always be closing. Shut up, Matthew. <laughs> All right. Aldo Casimir. Aldo, you saw this crossbar just, like, fly past the door jam. All right, so he, he hates crowbars. Hates them. They're the most dangerous type of bar. <laughs> right after biker and leather. So cliff bar. Uh, <laughs> so he can't, he would have cover if I, like, struck them with my sickle. He would have a cover, right? All right, so you want to kind of swing around the corner? Yeah. All right, I'm going to give him a little bonus to his AC, but I'll let you, I'll okay. let you try it. All right, so Aldo Shing is going to take his little sickle out of his belt and shoot, swing, and I'm going to use the die that Emmy just gave me, along with a, a lovely little note, and it says a D20 side, a 20 side four skid from Emmy, the Celestial Dolphin. Yeah! Yeah, nice! So let's, let's see how see. she rolls. Try to stick this right up his blowhole! Natural two. Thanks a lot, Emmy. Thanks a lot. Security escort her out. Thanks a lot. Scourge upon this live show. Aldo Casimir, everybody. You want to move? No. Halster Price, what do you got? I mean, Halster's got nothing else but a brand new plus two short sword. Let's show what we got, baby. Hot off the press. All right. That is a 15 to hit. Armor class 15. Yeah! All right. This is what all his games are like. For a total of eight points of damage. Slash! Seven hit points left. Yeah! And that is why I delayed my action. (laughs) Very smart. Here's the thing, though. You strike this 
young man with a crazed look in his eyes, sure. Obviously, he is an apostle in Orpiment. He has been turned to the dark side of this cult that has been started by Alvers Andalus. But you hit him with this magical short sword, and you know you deal a killing blow to this young man. And you see him hit the ground, and you realize in that moment that this was a, a person that was probably an inmate here at the asylum. A patient. patient. Thank you, Matthew. And he was led led astray and you just killed him and as you see this young man fall a man that is probably your contemporary the same age you're taken back in time oh shit gotta go back in time back in time that was Huey Huey Lewis just for you what happened? You out of time, sucker. You hear clang, clang, clang. No, I already did this one. That's, a, that's an old one. You don't hear that. You do. It starts to hear. You hear clang, clang, clang. And then the clang goes away. And you just hear zzz, zzz, the sounds of flies buzzing about as you wake up. And you're not in the asylum anymore. As your eyelids open over dry, sticky corneas, your vision blurs. You can barely make out the silhouette of a figure outlined by a black robe. Shlunk! Your ears are fully functional, on the other hand, and they hear what seems to be items just falling into a bucket. Shlunk! Shlunk, 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 shlunk. Nasty one. That one was. Should be a tasty bite, I reckon. Searing, sharp pain jolts you upright in your bed, restoring your vision. Your your eyes dart narrowly back and forth and focus in on your right calf muscle where a giant green leech is affixed. Huge. And for a moment it reminds you of the lamprey eels you used to throw back into the ocean when you went fishing with your brother as a boy. And the combination of those memories is too much for you and you just have to stifle the urge to scream. (gasps) Your lungs fill like a blacksmith's bellows as your stomach and diaphragm tighten like a fucking drum. The veins up and down your neck and arms bulge underneath your pale white skin, purplish-blue rivers running through a snowy field. That's Grant Berger prose, by the way. It's beautiful. I just Googled lamprey eels, by the way. Nasty. That is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. You should just throw them back in the ocean like they were nothing. You can make pie out of them, though. Ugh. They do, in England. I mean, that's, you know... Finally, the pain goes away, and there's a moment of release, finally. Some relief from this cutting agony, and you go to breathe out, but it, your, your breath out is stifled by a, a, a cotton swabs filling your mouth in a black rubber ball. 
What began as a bang ends as a whimper as tears fall down your ruddy cheeks. Grimy fingers come in, adorned with jagged yellow nails. They swoop down into view and viciously pinch the leech by its gruesome wriggling tail. The disgusting grub writhes as the final drops of blood drip off of it and stain your white sheets. You're going to bleed for a while, boy. At least you start having those visions again. Master said it's been a month since your, uh, what do they call it? Seizures? The attendee flings the final leech into what may very well be his supper bowl. He stands up, a prominent hump twists the man's spine back down to the ground, but he fights against gravity's pull and shuffles to you, pointing towards your gagged mouth. He leans in ever so close. He looks like a monster to you. You know what I heard? They don't give a lame studs bollocks for what you have to say, boy. Least not while it's you that's doing the talking. They want to hear from the... The mother of souls. When she speaks through you. A massive pit opens in your stomach as the world just drops away from you. She's spoken before... She's spoken through you before, boy. You best pray. She favors you again. And you're pulled back to this moment as the life exits the body of this apostle in Orpiment. Damn. The other one steps up in his stead, moves to you, and tries to strike with a glass cannon D20. Oh. God. Too much? Too much. Uh, oh. 22 to hit. Oh, that's a uh, hit. You're no longer flat-footed. However, you will take minimum damage. You should lick all of your dice from now on. Shut up, Matthew. It's four points of damage. Aye. But what's more more unsettling to you than the damage of this crowbar against your your crotch <laughs> is the vision that you just experienced. I like that this has turned into a pro wrestling match. She just hit me right in the crotch. Oh my god, he's got the crowbar! <laughs> By god! Oh god. Oh god, we'll see you next week! Uh, it is now Atticus's turn to hold. Uh, oh god. Come on, Grim. Don't do it for me or uh, Matthew or Grant. Actually, do it for I, the guy in the back row. All right, I'm going to... The one who drove through a fucking hurricane to see you. I, uh... I, it's... We've already had combats today. I'm, I'm very low level. I'm going to run uh, and try to avoid an attack of opportunity. So I'm going to run past Aldo and Halster and then into the room in front of Mrs. O'Lady. Okay. Uh, and Roll. so I'll try to avoid an attack of opportunity... Natural one. 
is why I delay. If you don't know how this game works, that always happens. Uh, here I comes hate myself. The attack of opportunity. Oh, you don't like it's going to be a crit. It's a natural two. <laughs> yeah. Snuck out of misses. it. Snuck out of it, and then uh, a quick shot with the light crossbow. Okay, where are you in this? Uh... Uh, just behind Holster. All right, so, so just shooting around Holster. Yeah, little, uh, little bonus, bonus to his ace hey, sizzle. You can always roll a natural 20. I do yeah. it regularly. Come on, Joe. Anything could happen when Come you're on. live. Come on, this one, this one, this, Joe, this Joe, one's Joe, it. Joe, this Joe. is it. Natural three. Bolt goes directly to Holster's back. No. Right. Uh, I miss. Sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm useless. Well worth the delay. Uh, Mrs. O'Lady. Uh, Mrs. O'Lady will try to telekinetic projectile, try to fling something at this guy. Yeah. What do you want to fling? Uh, the crowbar. <laughs> you can't. Oh, you mean the, the crowbar that fell out of the dead one's hand? Yeah. Okay. All right. Natural three. Sucker! Aldo! Aldo, tell me what you got. Show me what you want to do. Um, Show me what you're working with. So he's still up, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Aldo is going to try to move right through his space and onto behind him. Nice. Yeah. Bold. Yeah, he's going to try to do that. All right. Roll an acrobatic. Okay, I'm going to use Emmy's die again. If it doesn't succeed, I'm going to do it another time, next time. All right, oh. that's a nine. All right, so you failed. You're on, okay, you're on notice, Emmy. He can take an attack of opportunity because he doesn't have combat reflexes. However, it doesn't mean you automatically get to walk through his space. You're, you're stopped right there. Right. Um, that was just a move action, I think. Yeah, so you yeah, still have a okay. standard. So I'm going to swing again with the sickle and try to hit him. You got this, Chuanzo. Chuanzo, bro. Using Emmy's stuff. Do it for the city of Atlanta. Oh! Natural 18. Yeah! Emmy! Emmy! Roll for damage. All right. Uh, that is... Kill it. Two points of damage. You have started killing it. Wow. You have begun the killing. Yeah. Halster, Mrs. O'Lady, finish him. Halster, you are a little bit shook up by all of this, but now this guy is right back in your face. You had no, you have no moment to kind of calm yourself. What do you want to do? And Halster is uh, thinking about how he may have killed someone who was just a contemporary, but then he thinks, "I'm the only one that's not this view. Why am I so afraid all the time? Why am I so afraid? I don't need to be afraid." Natural three. They're that's going a lot around. Of natural man. threes. They're going around. Oh boy. Bad case of natural three. Can I roll a knowledge check before my turn ends on these things to see if they're undead or anything like that? Sure, they're clearly not. All right, can I do? Can I do some sort of knowledge? Religion? Yes, roll it. Uh, fourteen. They are human men with pea stains on their gurneys. God damn. Uh, on their johnnies, rather. Uh, it is his turn, right? Yes. He's going to swing the crowbar at you, and he is so mad because you just killed someone whose name he can't remember. <laughs> the doll lover. Ooh, that's a hot 17 on the die. Exactly my Oh, no. Right 
which would have been a total. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Hold on. I still have prone on. It was 17 on the die. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It was grand. 17 on the oh, die. Total. Oh, sorry. Stay with us. Max damage. Nine points of damage. Oh, no. Brutal. It's just if I really hit you with a crowbar in real life. Yeah. <laughs> you would take nine points of damage. <sighs> Thank God you soul cycle. How would you withstand a hit from a crowbar if you didn't ride a bike for 45 minutes three times a week? Hey, the proof is in the pudding, man. Yep. Atticus, you're up. Am I really? Yeah. Did you move me in initiative properly? No. You went after him. Oh, wow. It's going fast. All right, Atticus is going to uh, say, Hold just a step out of the way. Clear a path. And then he's going to ready an action. Okay. Cartha, excuse me, Mrs. O'Lady. Uh, please roll a will save. Roll a will save. Ooh. Natty 18, good for you, for a total of a 19. All right, so you pass. You'll take half damage, uh, which is going to be three points of damage. Garbage. You're More gar- than... You're a garbage person. You did. To me. Aldo... <laughs> It's not looking good. You dispatched of the first one quickly, but this one seems a little bit tougher. A little bit... It's stymieing the group. Oh, man. I just This is really just not good. Uh, all right, he's going to swing again. Using the same gifted die. Yeah! Fuck natural 20! Critical threat. Critical threat. Critical Roll to confirm. All right. Come oh on, my confirm god. it. Uh, that is thirteen to confirm. Oh. Sorry, that's not confirmed. Shit. Okay. But I'll give you exploding, exploding dice. dice. Exploding dice. All right. Explode it. Three points of damage. The rules really take the wind out of the game. It does. I know. <laughs> you want it to be better. Yeah, that would have been awesome. It's the rules that slow it down. Halster. You're, you're, you're. Well, I'm going to take my move action. I'm going to okay. step. I'm going to five foot step back. Okay, five foot step back. Alistair, you heard Atticus say, "What did you say to him?" I said, "Clear a path. Clear a path." I'm readying an action. Atticus, of course, uh, and he takes a five foot step directly to the east, and then he swings out with whatever AC benefits this creature will get, and hope that he hits. You could do that before you move. Oh, you twenty to hit. Hit. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, 10 points of damage. He did. Yeah! Woo! I always nice. should have listened to you, Atticus. Nice. How does I it feel it. to be a murderer, Alistair? You run a malicious bookstore. It's like Barnes & Noble. Okay, all right, let's not get into a game of accusing let's each other. Let's not say anything will regret Look, I, I understand, Mrs. O'Lady. Oh, no, that was Matthew. Oh, I understand, Matthew. Voice in the heavens above. No, there is something to be said for being careful with these, with these patients. Doesn't necessarily mean that they are enemies of ours just because they attack us. They're confused. They're frightened. Though. I certainly believe you should defend yourself. 
I have no qualms with that, but it's something to keep in mind, is all I'm saying. I understand, of course. They could know something. They could have information that might, might be helpful to us. No, that's no excuse. I mean, we're confused and frightened, and we would never attack a fellow inmate patient. That's true. I do believe they never. deserved a horrifying death. I'm just saying. But something to, to keep in mind. To Atticus's point, I read in my file that I have seizures, which are, if you think about them, temporary lapses in your judgment. They are the inability to control oneself, and though from what I understand of seizures, they last but a moment. Perhaps if we could preserve as many of these people as possible and rehabilitate them, as is the ideal of an asylum like this, we could get more information, as you said. Yes. Perhaps. You believe everything you read in your file? If your file told you to jump off a bridge, would you do it? You sound like my mother. It is exhausting. I read the file. I know that it is not a forgery. Now, there may be some untruths, yes, but I believe we must operate under the assumption that they are accurate. Doing otherwise could be foolish. What's past is prologue, my friend. We must live in the now. I've been 18 intelligence, and I don't know what that means. (laughs) Could you explain it? (laughs) The past is the past. Oh, all right. (laughs) Let it go! Right, we all have the ability to change ourselves, yes. Understood. Um, Search the bodies. Can we interrogate the dolls? Yeah. I'm not joking. Can we interrogate the dolls? Yes. Where were you on the night of the 14th? <laughs> Just talking to like a raggedy ant. It's a knife right at their throat. What has he told you? Play good cop, bad cop. Put, a, put out a cigarette in her palm. <laughs> this one's tough. Uh, we'll go into this. react at all. You know, it's funny. So you, you start looking around here, and it, it seems like this room was for personal effects storage. Oh. Like... It held the personal effects of all the patients that were yeah. uh, interned here. It's interned like bagged here. and labeled. Yeah, and stuff. everything's yeah. Lab- labeled, labeled. It's labeled, oh. as they say in French. <laughs> Perhaps yeah, we they... should look around for a formula book with the name of Aldo on it. You look around uh, and you don't see any bags or, or uh, you know, uh, boxes that are labeled to you. Um, it's kind of sad because you realize that most of these have been held in trust, awaiting the day when their owners will once again be fit enough to redeem them and leave. And you know that so many of these patients never had that chance. The thick layer of dust on these boxes really sends that thought home. And Aldo, you're looking around and you, you come over to those dolls that that psychopath was talking to and one is a little boy doll and one is a little girl they're mismatched but you really zero in on the little girl for a moment and kind of get lost and as you get lost looking at the little girl doll you hear the sound of an ocean lapping against the shore if not an ocean maybe a river just water sounds And you find yourself now knee-deep in muddy reeds by the sun, by the side of a sun-dappled stream. And while you're there, you're diligently searching for something. 
looking through the reeds. And behind you, a young girl is pacing the shore. For a moment, she looks like that doll, but then she turns into an actual young girl. She's idly just swinging a wooden sword at the reeds, trying to chop them down. And while you're searching, she just swings away, all the while asking you question after question about the natural world, the stars, as children will, each of which you patiently answer to the limits of your scientific knowledge. And then finally she stops next to you and she asks, Why is my father feeling so poorly? Will he die? I believe your father is suffering from a very particular malady called Amenster's dropsy. Right after you say that, you find perhaps what you were looking for in the muck. You crouch down to take it in your hand. Fear not, little princess. You stand up and you hold this tiny iridescent snail shell up to the sunlight. It is up to do with me. Your father will live a very long time indeed. You're pulled out of that and you're just staring at this doll which now has that little girl's face on it. And it goes quickly back to an actual doll with just like X's for eyes and a triangle for a nose. And you just shake yourself out of it. Awesome. Both of you guys. (laughs) Awesome. I love those scenes. You're awesome. Seems like there's really nothing of import here. You can just detect magic all you want. You might get the faint wisps of magic, like maybe something came here long ago when it was highly magical, but that person has been uh, in the asylum so long all the magic has faded out or was sucked out. When the fissure between worlds change this place you guys are pretty tired now there's obviously two more doors in this hallway but what do you want to do you've learned a few things do you want to check in with winter yeah I think we're I think we're beat now I think uh, yeah I want to I want to go back and check with, check in with winter I, I'm obviously completely ineffective it would be best if we rested but, most importantly, we need to tell Winter what we found in this room, the records room. We must tell her of this powerful, fascinating orc. His potential could have been incredible. She must know of this. Perhaps one day he could rise from the depths. Let's just go. So, James... Stop. Says a bunch of nonsense. My name's Atticus. James Atticus. Who cares? He'll be dead soon. It's the lack of respect that hurts the most. It's your character. He'll be dead soon. (laughs) You go back to the chapel, a place that you know, or at least feel semi-confident that you can rest there and not be plagued by these dreams. But now the dreams are infecting your reality beyond when you rest. It happened when... You fell asleep, obviously, after the Onerogen's fog seeped into you, but it happened to Aldo and Atticus when you touched the Onerogen, you were sent back, but now all day long, 
today it's been affecting you even in your waking life. The tatter man hasn't come to visit you, thankfully. You haven't seen this cityscape depicted in Zandalus's drawings, but praise, praise. Something something is very unwell here and it's infecting every second of your day. You go back to the chapel and as you enter you hear crying. (laughs) And you kind of walk in and you see a little boy just weeping inconsolable as number of the adults are trying to like it's okay, it's okay what do you do? I cast cover spray on him and knock him out (laughs) (laughs) can't have him keeping me awake all night just crying (laughs) he fails his will save and is blinded and dazzled he's stunned for four rounds (laughs) unless he was a CR5 boy (laughs) (laughs) was No, uh, He's permanently dead. He was uh, weak to color spray. What is what is wrong with this child? What has happened? Uh, many of the this is winter talking. She's like many, many of the patients here uh, are, are still suffering from their maladies, and we do not have access to their medication. Uh, some of the nurses here know what their problems were and know what they need. Uh, Others were tasked with other areas of the asylum and they are not quite sure. We have done our best with the medicine we've been able to scavenge from our uh, journeys throughout this small part of the asylum. But this young boy, his name is Brenton. And he was, uh, he was committed here with his brother. And this is just a little boy, five, six years oh, old. He was committed here with his brother, and um, we do not know where his brother is. They have been separated. He was lost when the when the uprising happened. Some days he is better than others. We dose him with opium once in a while, and then he is chill. But the rest of the time, he is very upset for his missing brother. Well, you are in luck. We found two more doses for the boy. Oh, perfect. Load him up. Yes. Give me the opium. We have enough. No, I think you mistake. We found one. No, actually, it's... No, we didn't find any opium at all. Oh. It's very... What a confusing turn of events. (laughs) All right, we'll just continue to beat him until he's unconscious and starts crying. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If you don't have any opium. No. But yes, he is very upset. His brother, Debus, is missing, and I do not... I, I do not... I would not presume to say what has happened to him, but you know what lurks these halls. We are trying our best to call him, but anyway, he, he is fine. What, what have you discovered in your journey? And we tell her everything, especially about the records room, all about the we came with him 
why can I never remember his name? Oliver Zandalus. Oh, no, that's no. the other guy. The Count. Or, uh, Count Hazerton Louth. Count Hazerton Louth. With him. We came with him. You know, and, and they that, were trying to keep our record secret. That to me is so so weird. So and, we, we tell her all, everything. Yeah, and she gives you kind of an accusatory eye. Not unlike the eye on the back of that business card for the sleepless detective agency. Oh, no. Because she came here to investigate Louth's. And you were here from Wells, but she knows better to overthink things. She's like, well, I also don't under, I don't get the um, impression that we yes. were a team uh, with him. I get the impression that we seemed to be people he was treating in some way. We needed treatment. We're not necessarily in league with him. He was controlling us. I don't know. This is He's trying to puzzle it out. Yes, this is quite disturbing. We should smoke opium and talk about this yes. further. <laughs> yes. I brought my Bluetooth speaker. Yes. Put it up. Play some tunes. Yes. In a white room with black curtains. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, rest here this night. We'll get wasted and move on in the morning. <laughs> well, we have the hangover medicine. That's yes. right. So we're good. We could go crazy, man. We're good. All right. Meanwhile, they're just beating that young boy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Come on. We're all, we're all smoking this is opium. They're beating him up. They keep yes. That will stop his crying. There's no... <laughs> stop, man. Do any of the nurses have any information about where his brother was last seen? No, we could wake him up, but then we'd have to beat him again. <laughs> Should I I'd wake him up? We'll ask him when the last No, night. no, just... Why? He doesn't know. So they mercilessly beat him again. For 25 minutes. Stop! Just really takes a long time. He's a fighter. <laughs> Unlike his brother. <laughs> Finally, he falls... Unconscious at negative three hit points. (laughs) And sleeps. As well as all of you. And as you sleep, Mrs. O'Lady, you have a bit of a strange dream that feels all too real. You're seated behind a desk, yet again, surrounded by books. A lot of the memories and visions you've seen. There's always been books and books and books. You look to your uh, right, and there's a storefront window. In backwards letters, it says, Nameless Books. The phone rings. You pick it up, and it's Joe's Orc from episode one. He says, Am I still alive? I was built poorly, but I feel as if I will survive the entire adventure. You hang up. Yet another prank call at Nameless Books. Nameless Books backwards, by the way, is Scoob Silliman. Scoob Silliman? Scoob Silliman? I don't know why you have to put the... It's late. It's late, late enough for a prank caller to call... The bookstore is closed. You're sitting there with a pencil in hand and you're going through encou- accounts 
we close in on your hand, erasing numbers and writing in other numbers, pausing from time to time to do math in your head. Yeah, going back down. And then you just stop. Rub your eyes for a second. And then you look down at the book again, and instead of numbers, it just says Carthamalasword, 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 Carthamalasword. The name starts to echo in your head. Carthamalasword, Carthamalasword. Until bup, 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 you hear a knock at the back of the store. You shake out of it. Slowly, you get up, you move to the back of the store, and you see a man motioning you to open up the door. You recognize him, so you unlatch it. The man pushes past you, dragging a body behind him. You are so filthy. You are filthy criminal. He throws it on the ground of the store and turns to you and says, pull the shades. Nervously, you do so, fumbling with the string. You turn around and you see that the body is the body of a younger man. He's breathing. He's still alive, but he's beaten badly and bloodied. The other man steps right in front of you, staring at him. Why don't you call it a night? Eh? I'll, I'll close the store tonight. You nod at him. Take one last look at the beaten younger man who's looking up at you now with these, like, pleading, desperate eyes. And as you turn to walk out, the man puts a hand on your shoulder. You're an old lady. You're a Mrs. Old Lady. And it's a rough hand. And he kind of squeezes you and says, and one more thing. Keep your mouth shut. You wake up in a cold sweat surrounded by logs. <laughs> There's also piles of wood. That's gross. <laughs> it's late. Mostly logs you wake up near. You wake up, you guys are healed. You're con plus your level. Winter tells you we've got to move on. We, we must find out more. You've done well so far, but we must discover more. If we can't find a way out, then we must gain information. Are you willing to go back there and search further? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're willing. Let's... Or should we end this adventure path? No. <laughs> we're left with no choice. We must continue. So you head back to the hallway. Ba, 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 ba. It's dark. Only Atticus can see. I've placed you in that hallway. There are one, uh, one, two, three doors. You already know the door to the north goes to that personal storage effects room. You want to go to the first door to the south there? Yes. Yeah. Yes, how so? Yes, let's clear it out before we move to the east. All right, you open that door, and it opens just enough for you to, like, barely squeeze one of you inside. It looks like maybe it carried more records of patients, but, like, you can't tell because the tremors have been exceptionally bad in this room. And as you'll see by the map, Chicago. It's collapsed. 
Nothing. This room has collapsed. Horstice suggests we spend several hours digging it out. Seeing what could be underneath. That's smart. And I suggest we do it in real time. I want to hang out. I don't want to leave. Um, there's no evidence of anything. There's no bodies under the rubble. No, if no... you you want to spend some time there, like digging Removing around, moving a few yeah, rocks, moving like... stuff. You just see like there might be information here. You don't detect any magic. You don't see any people. But like, I don't know. You feel pretty good on the records that you found. Sorry. Yes. Can I do a quick uh, roll? Should I allow it? Yeah. I'm sorry. No. Uh, I just want to do a roll. I think it'll be fun. All right. Uh, I want to learn. We got a scroll of Fox's Cunning. So in the morning, I want to l- learn Fox's Cunning permanently into my spell book. This is a thrilling this, live show. This is the only way wizards have fun, man. All right, you're right. Let me have fun live. Oh, All right. Do you know the DC? If you, I do. Have you done the I don't know. Is it a second level spell? I think it's a second level spell. Uh, Yell it out if you know. The, the, yes, it's DC 17. Yes. DC 17 Spellcraft. What's your Spellcraft bonus? Plus nine. And if I fail, I can't try again for a week. I think it should just dissolve in your hands. It does not happen. Okay. Against but rules. But in my game, it dissolves in your hands. <laughs> All right, so try it. Here we go. I want to permanently in the morning put this in my spell book. 17 exactly. <laughs> Wow. I should also say I cast Read Magic on it and then put it in. But, I mean, that is that is thrilling for a wizard. Huge. Oh, yeah. It's not like you can go to the scroll store You here. can't just go to the scroll store. Where's the store? scroll store in this horrible place? <laughs> oh, and now so we go to the east. Natural 8. I'm glad, I'm glad you did that, though. Not just because you succeeded, because it reminded me... Oh, no. About Grant's filth fever. Oh, no. Grant, I'm sorry. Grant, I'm going to need a fortitude save out of you since it's a new day. Wait, wait. You have a hat cap. You have a bottle cap. Do you want to take off your hat cap and give it to Grant? Don't don't do it. Why would you you ever give... Didn't he he save on the last one? I need to do two consecutive saves. Two consecutive saves or it resets. I believe in Grant. Oh. I give him the gift of fitness, and this is how Come he repays me. Uh, fortitude 12. I think that's it. I think you're good. DC 12. Yeah! Oh! Thank you for believing in me, buddy. I was so excited to roll cap. dex and con damage. Oh, that, now I can't roll shit. All right. You win this oh, yeah. round, burger. Nice. I always win. You know your spell. You don't have filth fever. There's one door yeah. left in this hallway. Open it. Grant, zoom out on this map. Look at how much of the asylum you have gone through so far. We started in L.A. on a map that's not even here anymore. And then when we got to that horrible show in Philly, we were right here. My God, he's... he's... <laughs> He's roughly Matthew height. <laughs> Comma. You've, you've uncovered a lot of map. Will you show the map? One door. Comma. <laughs> They're just, dude. 
This this is a huge this is a map, map crowd. Dude. Just keep, this is a huge map crowd. I knew Atlanta was map country. That's what it says on the license plates. Welcome to map country. <laughs> All right. Everybody shut up. Shut your mouth. Uh. Sorry, I'm just... (laughs) I'm very distracted. I'm trying to watch your joke while I pee down the left side of my pant leg. We open the door to the east. Please don't... Open the door. Everyone do a favor. Don't don't look at me for a second. I have trouble in urinals for the same problem. I just have a shy bladder. Don't look at me. All right. That's disturbing. Just shut up, Joe. <laughs> you don't know what it's like. All right. Where were we? We open the door. We're opening the east. eastern door. The rune lord comes after Joe's orc. You open the door. You can't. It's locked. Motherfucker. We unlock it with the, one we of the keys. The key, man. Chain Who unlocks it? Halster. 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 Halster walks up to the door. Do the rest of you... Halster. Are, are you on his back? Or are I, you like... I, Aldo is right behind him. And Aldo's right Atticus behind. is right behind Aldo. And Mrs. O'Lady is right behind him. Yes. Halster opens the door. opens inward towards you (gasps) and from the door jam all the way up to the top of the door you see a wall of blood and it pushes out to fill the hallway (gasps) with all of you oh my god you are all drowning in a hallway of blood. Oh my god. And we'll see you in LA. <laughs> On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. 
This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.